ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz, I am your host, the uh, fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with the very taxing Tyler Dean. Tyler Dean. How we doing? I, I'm doing fantastic. So, Tyler, I, be, I was making fun of Tyler last week because he was sitting here eating this charcoal-like... That was two weeks ago. Well, two weeks ago. This charcoal-like French bread pizza. Actually, it was three weeks ago. It was the last time it was just me and you. Oh, Because we had done really? the last two weeks. Really? Was it that? that yeah. Wow. wow. But he was eating this charcoal-like French bread pizza, and it was disgusting. He burned it in the oven. And now I he, didn't burn it. Yeah, well, he, he blames the wife, but I, I beg to differ. Um, I didn't say that either. I but, said it wasn't me. But now he's been munching away. I've been waiting to hit the record button for a minute here because he's been just crunching into the microphone like he's the fucking pizza monster or something over here. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. We are ready to jam. Tyler, exciting, exciting times in the NFL today. Oh, oh for sure. I mean, um, you couldn't think of a better time where um, if you recorded yesterday... We wouldn't have a show. No, it would be miserable. I mean, today was humongous. It was, I mean, just the contracts going out, um, the trades happening, all the last-minute stuff. This is what we love about the NFL, the, the fact that these types of things go on um, just so last-minute and just on the fly like that. Uh, exciting stuff. Very, very exciting stuff. We, we had uh, our week four of our uh, preseason games here. Technical, I guess it's technically week four, but... I mean, technically, but I'm I'm old school. This is week three. Yeah, this is technically. I guess it's week three, really. I mean, week week one was I mean one game. What did you do? But so we'll we'll call it week three slash four, something like that. But we still have one more week of preseason games after this. Um, we had ourselves a uh, an exciting some I, I will say somewhat exciting time in the preseason um, because the first game I'm gonna go over is just. Yeah, Just, you, can, you can have the left side. Yeah. <laughs> so we had the uh, the Cleveland Browns five to nothing over the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Foles thirteen for twenty. Or I'm sorry, thirteen for seventeen, hundred and twenty seven yards, two picks. Um, Nate Sudfield also came in eleven for twenty one, seventy two yards. Uh, a little concerning to see that out of the Super Bowl winning quarterback not playing good ball. DeAndre Carter had himself a game four receptions, seventy three yards. And uh, Wendell Smallwood, who who actually kind of flies under the radar there, he's a great change of pace back, but he got himself some carries, 12 carries, 53 yards. Had himself a decent game. Um, out on the Cleveland side, Tyrod Taylor, 11 for 16, 65 yards. Um, you also had uh, Baker Mayfield, 8 for 12 for 76 yards. He did throw one interception. Um, we, we've been worried about that for a while with Baker Mayfield. Um, and uh, rushing Nick Chubb, 14 carries, 46 yards. Uh, and Carlos Hyde got to see some uh, play time, seven carries, 45 yards. The, the Browns getting some of their starters on the field. Surprised that Nick Chubb actually took over the workload. Um, but a very boring 5 to nothing win for the Cleveland Browns over there. Uh, Tyler, what you got? Got the New York Giants and the New York Jets. New York, New York. 22-16, the Giants go up. Eli Manning went 17 for 23 and 188 yards. And leading rusher there was Jareel Presley with 13 carries and 71 yards, averaging 5.5. And the receiving story there is Sterling Shepard is going to be the new uh, number one over there. Uh, with Seth, well, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the wrong team. Sterling Shepard is going to be a good compliment to OBJ and his mm -hmm. new contract. I mean, he went uh, seven receptions for 78 yards, and that's an 11.1 average. Not too bad. No, not too shabby at all. On the Jets side, Teddy Bridgewater, who we'll talk about later, Went 11 for 15, 104 yards, and Sam Darnold went 8 for 16, 86 yards, and a touchdown. 
Well, Paulo had 10 carries for 24 yards and a touchdown. And Andre Roberts led the team with two receptions, 34 yards. On you, Scott. Um, so the Denver Broncos, 29-17 over the Washington Redskins. Uh, Case Keenum uh, actually looked like a starter for the first time. 12 for 18, 148 yards. Not a bad showing for him. Chad Kelly also saw some field time, 7 for 11, uh, 73 yards. Um, Emmanuel Sanders got to see the field, four receptions for 61 yards for Denver. Um, on the Redskins side, a, a surprising Kevin Hogan puts on a hell of a performance, 88 yards, two touchdowns, went seven for nine, while Alex Smith struggled, as did Colt McCoy. Both of them went three for eight, uh, Smith getting 33 yards, Colt McCoy getting 19. Um, in his preseason debut, Adrian Peterson, 11 carries for 56 yards, very impressive. Um, Darvin Kidsey goes out there, with, and, and I hear that name, and I go, who? But he puts out three receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Nice 16.7 average there, not bad. Another guy, Capri Bibbs, also had two carries for 41 yards. Got a little blip on the radar there for the Redskins, so pretty exciting stuff for them. Tyler, what you got for me, man? The Carolina Panthers won a 25-14 on the Patriots. Um, new backup quarterback Brian Hoyer had, was, was the star of this game with 16 for 24 and 109 yards. Tom Brady also saw the field and went 12 for 18 and 102 yards. Mike Gillisley went had 10 carries for 35 yards and a touchdown. Jeremy Hill came with his new team and went 9 carries for 25 yards. Riley McCarron led the team with 49 yards and four receptions, but not to be outdone by uh, Cordero Patterson, who had five receptions as well for only 37 yards. On the Panthers' side, Cam Newton saw, saw the field and went 11 for 17, 142 yards. And then um, Christian McCaffrey, the, the lead back there now, went uh, 12 carries for 48 yards. And that receiver, uh, Curtis Samuel, had three receptions of 58 yards. Nice 19.3 average. And, and a nice little game there. That was a fun game to watch, but the Carolina Panthers went up. And uh, on to you, Scott. All right. The Minnesota Vikings took on the Seattle Seahawks in a divisional round rematch from a few years ago. Uh, the Vikings defeat the Seahawks 21-20. to uh, Russell Wilson, rough showing, 11 for 21, only 118 yards on the day. Gets outplayed by, I mean, technically outplayed by Alex McGuff. Uh, but even though Alex McGuff only went 5 for 14, he still had 140 yards and a touchdown. He did manage a pick, uh, an interception in that one. Uh, Caleb Scott, the big uh, trendsetter there, two receptions, 69 yards. He was the headliner there for the Seahawks. On the Vikings side, Kirk Cousins. 17 for 28, 182 yards. Um, and Kyle Sloter has himself a pretty decent game. 11 for 15, 85 yards, two touchdowns. He had himself a, a very, very solid game. Uh, Trevor Simeon did get to see some field time, but only went four for eight for a, a whopping three yards. Um, Chad Beebe got to see the field for the Vikings. Five receptions, 59 yards, as did Stefan Diggs. Four receptions for 51 yards. Beebe gets a touchdown in the game. Laquan Treadwell did see some field time, three receptions for 44 yards. Not a bad showing by the Vikings, though, holding the Seahawks to 20. Uh, the Seahawks still looking rough in the offseason, 0-3 um, in the preseason. So uh, that one's going to be a very entertaining one out in Seattle. Next up. The Detroit Lions and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Lions went up 33-30. Matt Stafford saw the field went 9 for 18, 113 yards. Jay Drudock came out with 9 for 12, 58 yards, and a touchdown. LeGarrette Blunt had a good outing with 11 carries, 45 yards. Amir Abdullah also had 7 carries and 30 yards. Brandon Powell led the team with 6 receptions and 45 yards. On the Tampa Bay side, you had Ryan Griffin play most of the action with 8 for 11, 100 yards and a touchdown. James Winston also played with 6 for 10, 60 yards and a touchdown. Don't forget, he also be suspended for the first couple games there. Mm -hmm. 
Peyton Barber led the team when it comes to rushing with five carries, 34 yards, and a touchdown. And Ronald Jones, the second, had one carry, 37 yards. But as far as multiple carries, Deshaun Jackson <coughs> out there. Three receptions, 36 yards. Oh, he's still a thing, huh? Yes, he is. Wow. Next one on to you, Scott. All right. The Oakland Raiders beat the Green Bay Packers 13-6. to um, Deshaun Kaiser for the uh, Packers got to see most of the field time. 11 uh, for 23, 120 yards. Brent Hundley did get to see some time. We'll be talking about later. 8 for 14, 78 yards. Um, neither of them had any touchdowns. Jamon Moore, four receptions, 62 yards for the Packers. Geronimo Allison. Geronimo! He got two receptions for 40 yards on the game, but the Packers unable to put anything in the end zone, only six points against the Raiders. And the, on the Oakland side, E.J. Manuel, 8 for 12, 87 yards. Connor Cook did get to see some field time, 6 for 15 for 72. And Derek Carr, um, not much field time, 2 for 3, 68 yards. Uh, we did get to see some uh, running work out of Doug Martin. He only had 6 carries for 24. But running-wise, it was Chris Warren the third, 15 for 54 yards and a touchdown that was making the headlines. Amari Cooper also got to see the field. He only had one reception, though, for 49 yards, showing that big playability. Um, next up, Tyler, what you got for me? Kansas City Chiefs, Chicago Bears. <coughs> Bears go out 27-20. Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback to talk about here. 18 for 24, 196 yards and a touchdown. What a great performance there for Patrick Mahomes there. Patrick Mahomes also led the lead, led the team in rushing for 11 yards. So <laughs> the running, the running uh, backs aren't really doing too great uh, here. Yeah. It's still preseason, but I expect Kareem Hunt to go out and have a good yeah, season. Yeah, I was going to say, we had the rushing leader on that team, and 11 <laughs> yards is the best you got. Yep. <laughs> Tyreek Hill was the story of receiving. He got eight eight receptions and 88 yards. Ooh, wow. Nice little game there for Patrick Mahomes and Hill. On the other side of the ball, Chase Daniel led the team 15 for 18, 198 yards and two touchdowns. Definitely going to be the backup there in, in Bears, but uh, the start of their obviously is going to be Trubisky. Mm -hmm. Led the league, led the team for, the, for them. It was also Chase Daniel, six carries and 47 yards. Good little rushing there by Chase Daniel. Niall Davis also had five carries and 35 yards. Javin Wims went, had four receptions for 114 yards and a touchdown. Nice little game there. Kevin White, playing for his life, had two receptions, 33 yards, and a touchdown. Oh, man, he's playing for his professional career right there. And you, Scott, oh, nice one. All right, the L.A. Rams, 21-20 over the Houston Texans. Brandon Whedon uh, got most of the starts, 10 for 17, 108 and a touchdown. He did throw an interception in that game. Joe Webb. Gosh, he's still around. He got to see some playing time, 7 for 10, 93 yards, and a touchdown. And Deshaun Watson, who's ultimately going to wind up being the starter there, had a, a pretty paltry 3 for 6, 15 yards. He did throw an interception um, in his time on the field. Alfred Blue, who we just love around here, 5 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Vincent Smith led the team in receiving, 1 reception for 43 yards. Sammy Coates did get to see some uh, field time, so did Braxton Miller. Miller with three receptions for 26 yards and a touchdown. Sammy Coates, one reception for 32 yards. Um, over on the Rams side, Sean Mannion got to see most of the time. 11 for 17, 68 yards and a touchdown. He did throw an interception. And Brandon Allen did get to see some field time. 10 for 13, 63 yards. Uh, Rushing-wise, John Kelly, 15 for, eight, or for 64. Nick Holly, 11 for 40. We did not, did not get to see uh, Todd Gurley on the field. 
Um, That's a third straight game where I believe all the starters of the Rams haven't played. Right. They're, they're, they're getting ready for the season. They don't want any, any injuries. Yep, and I, I believe that's uh, how it's going to be for the, rest, the remainder of the preseason. I don't think the Rams are going to start any starters. They're just going to let them warm up and practice and call it a day. So the Rams wind up beating the Texans 21 to Tyler. Uh, tw- <laughs> 21 to 20. Oh, gosh. 21 to Tyler. 21 to Tyler. Tyler, hit it, buddy. Tennessee Titans, Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers blew up 16 to 6, dropping the Titans down to 0 and 3 in preseason. Blaine Gabbert went 16 for 24, 158 yards and a touchdown. Marcus Mariota saw the field with 5 for 8, 43 yards and an interception. David Fleeland went on nine carries and 21 yards. Derrick Henry, their lead back, went five carries and 12 yards. Not a good outing for, for the running backs there. Every season you had Anthony Frisser, Frisker. With five five receptions and 68 yards and a touchdown. On the Steelers' side, Big Ben saw the field went 11 for 18, 114 yards and a touchdown. Their rookie went, went 7 for 11 and 65 yards in Mason Rudolph. Jalen Samuels went 11 carries and 41 yards. No Le'Veon Bell in this game. And at receiver, you had a couple of good outings. You had James Conner at six, six receptions and 52 yards, and Juju Smith-Schuster, six receptions at 46 yards. How you, Scott? All right, the Indianapolis Colts, 23-17 um, over the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy G for the, for the Niners did not have a, a very good outing. Nine for 19, 135 yards, no touchdowns. A um, little nerve-wracking for if you're a Niners fan. Might be a flash in the pan here. C.J. Bethard, though, had himself a decent game. Seven for eight, 83 yards. And Nick Mullins, four for six for 62 and an interception. Uh, Alfred Morris, the big story here, 17 carries, 84 yards. Alfred Morris showing his, that he is a uh, workhorse. We see that quite often from Alfred Morris. He's a damn good runner. Richie James, three receptions for 65 yards. Pierre Garçon, two receptions for 62 yards. And Marquise Goodwin did see the field, three receptions for 40 yards. So they were spreading it out quite a bit over there for the Niners. Um, over on the Colts side, Andrew Luck got to see some field time, 8 for 10, 90 yards and a touchdown. Way to go, Andrew Luck. Jacoby Brissett, 7 for 13, 120 yards. Um, we also got to see some uh, work from the former Lion, Eric Ebron. Five receptions, 54 yards, and a touchdown. He had himself a hell of a game over there for the Colts. On to you, Tyler. Next one, you have the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. Ravens go up 27-10. Joe Flacco did not see the field here, so you have Ryan Griffin go Robert Griffin, not Ryan Griffin, Robert Griffin the third went 9 for 15, 66 yards. Lamar Jackson had his best outing as far as accuracy goes with 7 for 10, 98 yards, and a touchdown. It's a miracle. Right? <laughs> One for three. Good job. <laughs> Delance Turner led the league with five carries, 75 yards, and a touchdown. So, that, so you, got, you got some of these young guys starting to show they want to, they want to make the team, but this is a deep running back court. Um, at the receiver, you had Tim Wayne at three, three receptions and 70 yards. On the other side of the ball in the Dolphins, you have Ryan Tannehill with 11 for 16 and 115 yards and a touchdown. Kellen Drake went four carries on 32 yards. And Rashawn Scott had one carry, one reception and 38 yards. On to you, Scott. All right, the Jacksonville Jaguars, 17 to 6 over the Atlanta Falcons. Um, a very tough game for the Atlanta Falcons quarterbacks. Kurt Benkert uh, was the guy that saw the most action, 6 for 14, 89 yards. Matt Ryan, 5 for 12, 57 yards. And Matt Schaub got to see the field, 4 for 7 for 65 yards. Not very good accuracy out of those guys. Um, the big story here, Tevin Coleman, 7 carries for 38 yards. The rest of the team basically did a whole lot of nothing uh, for the old Falcons there. 
Over in Jacksonville, Blake Bortles, 17 for 23, 204, two picks. Um, he he uh, did not have he had himself a decent game accuracy wise, but I mean those two picks are really hurting him. Cody Kessler had himself a decent game though, seven for seven, 79 yards. Leonard Fournette got to see some field time, ten carries for 57 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Kessler also had a rushing touchdown in that game. He had five carries for 21 yards. Uh, Dante Moncrief, the newly signed Dante Moncrief, got to see some time with the injury to uh, Marquise Lee. Uh, Moncrief, three receptions, 62 yards. Moncrief better step it up. He's going to be the number one over there. So uh, we're going to be seeing that pretty shortly in the regular season. Tyler, hit me. New Orleans Saints, Los Angeles Chargers. The Saints go up on the Chargers 36-7. On the Saints side, you have Tom Savage, 7 for 10, 99 yards. Drew Brees on the field going 7 for 9, 59 yards, and an interception. At, at rushing, you had Mark Ingram playing, despite being suspended for the first few games. He had went 7 for 24, 3.4 average. Taysom Hill went ahead 6 carries and 35 yards and a touchdown. Alvin Kamara also had 16 yards and 4 carries and a touchdown. At receiver, had Tommy Lee Lewis had 2 receptions and 45 yards, and Jaquan Smith had 4 carries, 4 receptions, and 39 yards and a touchdown. Nice little, nice little out in there for Traquan Smith. Mm-hmm. On the Chargers side, you saw Phillip Rivers go 5 for 7 and 29 yards. Geno Smith, Smith saw most of the action going 7 for 11, 45 yards, but he threw an interception. Austin Eckler went on 6 carries and 50 yards, and uh, Patrice Newsom had 12 carries and 34 yards and a touchdown. The receiver Andre Patton had 4 receptions and 21 yards. And, that, and that's the big highlights there, and it's got kind of out of you. All right, the Cincinnati Bengals up on the on the Buffalo Bills, twenty six to thirteen. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals really aired it out in this game. Dalton goes eleven for sixteen, one hundred eighty yards, two touchdowns. Matt Barkley nine for sixteen for one hundred and twelve. He did throw an interception, and Jeff Driscoll four for seven for seventy five yards. Tons of receivers getting good yardage in this game. John Ross two receptions, sixty six yards, and a touchdown. Mason Shrek three receptions for fifty eight. Tyler Boyd, four receptions for 54, and A.J. Green, four receptions for 50 and a touchdown. So we're getting the ball aired out there in uh, Cincinnati. Now with Buffalo, Peterman, Nathan Peterman saw the bulk of the work, 16 for 21, 200 yards and a touchdown. Josh Allen did see the field, 6 for 12 for only 34 yards. Um, And Marcus Murphy, uh, for the uh, Bills rushing-wise, carried the team, 11, uh, 11 carries for 58 yards. No touchdowns. The only rushing touchdown out of the Bills came from uh, Traveris Cadet, who uh, scored one touchdown on four carries for 12 yards. Receiving-wise, Logan Thomas, four receptions, 55 yards. Jason Kroon got the uh, got a touchdown for the Bills uh, on two receptions for 38 yards. He did get that one lone touchdown. On to you, Tyler. Arizona Cardinals, Dallas Cowboys. The Cardinals go up in the Cowboys 27-3. Mike Glennon saw most of the action going 8 for 10 and 35 yards. Eight actual uh, completions on 35 yards. Pretty bad. Uh, yeah, low bad average. Yeah. Um, Sam Bradford also saw the field goal. <coughs> one for four on six yards. Yowza. Um, rushing TJ Logan had six carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown. So good outing there. Mm-hmm. But Chase Edmonds also had a decent game going 11 and 55 yards. Bryce Butler led the team when it came to receiving two receptions and 17 yards. Andrew Baller also had two receptions and 16 yards. Um, but the big, big story here is Josh Rosen did not play. Or did not play at all. On the Cowboys' side, you also did not have Dak Prescott play any action. Uh, 
Mike White went 17 for 22, 157 yards and an interception. And Cooper Rush, what a name. Um, they went 11 for 17, 93 yards and two interceptions. Wow. Bo Scarborough went 7 for 21 and 21 yards there. Rod Smith had seven carries and 17 yards. A receiver, Drez Anderson, had four, four receptions and, 40, and 52 yards. And Cole Beasley with uh, three receptions and 31 yards. And uh, that's the last game for going through week three of preseason. Um, while, while we have you guys going on this momentum, we're going to kind of look at a look ahead of uh, the last week of preseason, yep. Scott. Last week of preseason, very, very excited. We're going to be get, we're getting one step closer to the regular season. This is that's the moment we're all waiting for. But preseason week four slash five, whatever we want to call it. Let's break it down here. Dolphins versus Falcons tomorrow at seven o'clock p.m. We got the Patriots and the Giants taking each other on tomorrow at 7 p.m. We got Browns and Lions tomorrow at 7 p.m. The Jaguars and the Bucks tomorrow at 7.30. We got the Cowboys and the Texans tomorrow at 8 p.m. Bills and Bears tomorrow at 8 p.m. Uh, the Packers and the Chiefs tomorrow at 8.30. And last but not least, you got the Chargers and the 49ers at 10 p.m. Tyler, what else we got? On the other end there, you got the Jets and the Eagles tomorrow at 7. Uh, you also got Colts at, at Bengals tomorrow at 7 p.m. Panthers and the Steelers at tomorrow at 7.30. Redskins and Ravens tomorrow at 7.30. Rams and Saints tomorrow at 8 p.m. Vikings at Titans tomorrow at 8 p.m. A lot of games are, are tomorrow this week. Um, Raiders and Seahawks tomorrow at 10 p.m. And Broncos and Cardinals tomorrow at 10 p.m. Yeehaw! And those are our, that's our breakdown here for uh, last week. And this upcoming week, and Tyler, are you excited for the regular season? We're going to be back to football. I, to me, regular season is when things really get going. And it's going to suck for us. We got to we got to wrestle that day. That's going to be miserable. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's every year I'm going to yell at these people for for their family fun day. Yeah, it's, it's really the <laughs> fault. There's no notes fault. Yeah. Any fun day on that day every year. Boo. Well, at least the, the good news is we get to see a good home. We get to see a good opener. Um, Thursday night football, and um, that's going to be the Falcons and the Eagles. Uh, that'll be the opener this year, and uh, we'll get to see the defending Super Bowl champions take on the uh, the very uh, ferocious Atlanta Falcons. Although they haven't looked very good in the preseason this year, so that'll be an exciting one. But we also have a very uh, as we were, we were joking around earlier, we have a very interesting uh, around the league. And if it was if it was yesterday, this would this segment would have been pretty boring. Oh my lord. But when we get back from break, we have a lot to discuss. A lot that's happened within the last six hours. Yes, we're, yeah, really, it's it's just been really rapid fire. I'm kind of excited. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go to our sponsors, and we will be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. This episode of the Outside Blitz is brought to you by Jordan J. Scavone, children's book author extraordinaire. Jordan has two books available currently. Mighty is about a four-year-old girl with social anxiety starting preschool. In order to overcome her fears of going to school, she becomes a superhero. And Jordan's brand new book, The Mud Princess, is the story of Georgia, a girl who defies the looks and ideals of her princess peers. When the other princesses are captured by a dragon, Georgia must decide if she should help those who shunned and mocked her, or if she should save them. Both of Jordan's books are available on Amazon, and you can follow Jordan on Facebook at facebook.com backslash mightebook. Also, check out jordanjscavone.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-J-S-C-A-V-O-N-E.com for all updates on both books. And 
welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, Tyler Dean, and I'm here, unfortunately, with Scotty Freytown. Unfortunately? Unfortunately. And you're the very torrid Tyler Dean. I'm the very terrible Tyler Dean. You are very terrible. <laughs> you are very, very terrible. He's very, uh, I, I, this is a hard word for me to do, totalitarian. Jeez, that's, yeah. that's a long word for that's you. A, that's, a, that's a big one. That's a big one. It's a tongue twister a little bit. I'm going to air out some frustrations on you. Frustrations? Every time I go back to the show, you, you change the counts. You, five makes sense, but sometimes it's seven. Seven's weird. No, Why are you counting down from seven? Look, look, I do seven at the beginning of the show at, at the request of our executive producer, Jordan Scavone. Now, that's that's neither here nor there. Now, now I wanna, I'm going to bring up a, a little bitch myself. You know, I, I've been yelled at for playing music, okay? I've been yelled at repeatedly for playing music. Uh, on the computer. Now, now one thing that, that I want to point out here is the only reason I started playing the music is because Jordan, our executive producer, I asked him three times to add music on certain portions and he didn't do it. So I started playing the music and the guy started yelling at me for it. You know what? I'm not going to be considered the dick here. Jordan doesn't yell. Well, he doesn't yell. You're right. But still, you know, he, he you, you, before we got on the air, Tyler said, well, you can be an ass or you can quit being an asshole and stop playing music on the air. And I said, well, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. I, I did that for a reason. Everything that I do is reactionary on this show. So, no, no, I, I, I appreciate Jordan's hard work. I just hope he adds the music when I, when I send the email. Hey, yeah, yeah, I'll hey. Just, I'll just sing your music for you. Hey, well, it's not my music. That's NFL Primetime's music, but I love NFL Primetime. If there's any show in the world that they could bring back, I would love to see NFL Primetime back on air. I would love that. But it would only be good if it was done with Chris Berman. You know, and I know he just retired, but I, I just, I, I love Chris Berman. Fair enough. Yeah, whoop, whoop, whoop. You know, and. Whoop. Yeah, stuff like that. That was really loud. It kind of hurt my ears. Didn't hurt mine. No, just, well, you were the one doing it. Now, so, ladies and gentlemen, big news out of the NFL today. Woo, daddy. Aaron Rodgers. Four years, $134 million extension. $57.5 million as a second. Fifty-seven and a half million <coughs> signing bonus. So by March, you will have been paid eighty million dollars. All right. Now the the big question, and we got a couple questions when it comes to this contract because there's a lot. Okay. Now we we know that it started with the Matt Ryan deal. Matt Ryan goes and gets his thirty million dollar contract. Jimmy G gets a big one despite playing six games. All right. Despite well, it was eight eight okay. games. But no, no. Well, yeah, he did. He played eight games, and Jimmy G has not lived up to the hype in preseason. I'll say that much. But one thing I just want to point out here is is when do we we put the we pump the brakes here? When do we pump the brakes and say you know, Aaron Rodgers uh, getting thirty three point five million a year is just insanity? I mean, let's face facts. And, you know, and and I under, this started with Matt Ryan's thirty million dollar deal. Kirk Cousins gets offered thirty three or thirty million out of out of New York to play for the Jets. He balks on it because he wants to go play for a winner in Minnesota. He takes twenty eight, and then the whole thing's guaranteed. Now, you know, we're looking at, at the Rodgers deal. All I'm seeing is these quarterback deals just escalating. And, and a big part of that is the fact that they keep raising the salary. <coughs> the only way to counteract that is instead of the salary cap going up a little bit every year, they just start bringing it down little by little, and they'll start to reduce some of these contracts. But every year you raise it, 
just going to keep raising the uh, highest market, which in this case happens to be the quarterback position. Right, and and th I mean uh, to me, you know, and, and you you are right about that, you know, and it, and it's funny to me that this just happened because Aaron Rodgers was just sitting there yelling and screaming and hooting and hollering about how he thought the NFL should have a soft cap rather than a hard cap um, because he wanted to have more control over his his contract situation. I think that's a little ridiculous, especially considering the amount of money he just got paid, but. Um, Aaron Rodgers just coming off of a collarbone injury last season. Tyler, is this move in the best interest of the Green Bay Packers at this point in time, uh, given Aaron Rodgers' uh, history with the team, given the Aaron Rodgers' injury history, is this the best move for the Green Bay Packers here? Ignoring the money part. Ignore the dollars. I don't know, I don't know that you can. Um, I, I believe that Rodgers should and deserves to retire at Green Bay Packers. So in, in, in that in that sense, this is the right. <coughs> um, I I stand by it, just an insane amount of dollars. But if there is a quarterback that's that's worth that type of money, Aaron Rodgers is on the very short list. Uh, I don't know that you know, and I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers is worth the buku dollars. I thought the Matt Ryan contract itself was was pretty ridiculous. Now the the NFL salary cap, if I'm not mistaken, is 172 million. Okay, now 33.5 a year. And uh, you're looking at 19%. So 20% of your salary cap, 19.47%, 20% of your salary cap is taken up by one player. That's insane. That's, it's a ridiculous amount. So that's, that's one thing. Um, Aaron Rodgers, here's, here's the problem I have with this. The guy just came off of the collarbone injury. The Green Bay Packers don't have squat as far as an offensive line. And they have a secondary that is just screaming for help. You just watch Sam Shields go over to the Rams. At this stage of the game, the Green Bay Packers, I mean, like, you, you does Aaron Rodgers deserve to retire a Green Bay Packer? Absolutely. But is Aaron Rodgers worth $33.5 million at his age? I think he's one. Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. Is he one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game? Yes. Is Aaron Rodgers worth 33-5? I don't think there's a single player that plays on the NFL field that's worth 33-5. The fact that he's getting paid that on a yearly basis is pure insanity. Um, 57.5 million signing bonus is even insanity. Um, the fact that that this eclipsed 30 million dollars, it's nuts. I don't think they have enough. Uh, you don't have enough pieces around Aaron Rodgers to protect him. You don't have enough pieces in your secondary to, to keep this team alive, you're going to see the, the, the Green Bay Packers flounder for the next several years based solely on the fact that this contract got signed. Which, if my memory serves me right, <coughs> we were doing our, our initial playoff predictions and we had, we had Josh with us. All three of us had predicted the Packers to just miss the playoffs given the, the uh, strong NFC. And with, with your prediction of them floundering, that, that, so you're... you're, you're you're doubling down on, on your early prediction. Absolutely. I am doubling down on this. I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is, is – I don't think any player, on, like I said, any player on that field is worth that kind of money. You're seeing these these contracts balloon. And a lot of it, I think, does have to do with the salary cap. But I think a lot of it has to do with, with you know, players just – I mean, they, they just want buku dollars. It's starting to become a, a little uh, – a little greedy almost, and, and certain guys are going to lose out and they're going to get a little pissed off. You're going to see a few of your, your teammates getting a little angry about the amount of money um, that they aren't able to get because of this. And, and on piggybacking off of this Aaron Rodgers thing, they did trade away Brett Hundley uh, early this morning. 
um, for an undisclosed uh, draft pick to the Seattle Seahawks. And we're, we know why. Yeah, rumor has it it's a six million or a six uh, six round draft pick. Um, Deshaun Geiser basically he's, he's the backup in Green Bay. I mean, so he won the backup position. Uh, but Brett Hundley, you know, they had to clear up the cap space, and they did so um, by dumping Hundley. So I. I mean, Hundley is, I mean, you're not, no big loss for, for Green Bay there dumping Brett Hundley, but I don't think that, that this was a smart move on, on behalf of the uh, Packers front office. You you will see them flounder for several years, so uh, this isn't going to be um, a very positive move. They're going to lose a lot of money here, um, just focusing on that one guy. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of money to put into one person. I, I think it's going to harm a little bit because uh, it, it, it's no secret that, the O line and the defense are struggling. Right. And they, and they just lost Brady Nelson. They got they got Jimmy Graham, but so they only have, they only have as many offensive weapons here. It's going to turn into uh, Aaron Rodgers and everyone else. I'm going to double down on on not just the Packers doing poorly this year, but what I am going to say about Aaron Rodgers at 35 years old, coming off a broken collarbone, no with no offensive line improvements whatsoever. I'm going to say this: Aaron Rodgers will go down with an injury this season. And he'll be out for several games based solely on the fact that he's coming off of injuries and he has no offensive line. I bet you Aaron Rodgers goes down with an injury this year. Um, I don't know if I'll go that far, but if I this isn't his first collarbone injury, if I'm not mistaken. It, it's he's not. He's had multiple. This is his second. Um I mean with, with the way the offensive line is, I I could see it, but I'm not gonna make a prediction of, of an injury. But they they need to find a way to keep keep their now Highest paid quarterback in history, north of $30 million, $33.5 million quarterback protected. Or, or, or Obviously, their season's over. At 35 years old as well. Let's not forget the age. It does play a factor in this league. 35-year-old quarterback? Uh, I'm not buying it. <clears throat> now, moving onward. Um, we, we did have some more uh, quarterback moves going on here. Um, Teddy! Teddy Bridgewater goes from the New York football Jets over to the uh, New Orleans Saints. Um, I think this move, it, it creates some, some issues over here. I mean, first of all, let's, let's say that in, in New York, I, I think we, we can agree Sam Darnold's won the starting position over there. At this point, 100%. <clears throat> I mean, it's, excuse me, folks. Wow, I'm dying over here. Now, Josh McCown, I mean, you know he's not going to come up with it. Bridgewater was looking like the, the candidate. I mean, he was going to make Darnold work for it. Um, but now... Um, Josh McCown's not not looking like a starter. Looks like Sam Darnold is going to be the youngest rookie to ever start in in a game. The Jets have, have I mean, I, they've basically named him their their starter moving into Week One. Um, I think it's a great move by the Jets. They get to save themselves some money. Uh, Bridgewater signed a fifteen million dollar contract in the offseason, um, so so they get to save themselves some dough. At the same time, Sam Darnold, good for him. He gets to wind up being the starter, and he gets his real opportunity as an NFL quarterback. Um, smart move for the Saints. This is where things get hairy over there in New Orleans because you have Drew Brees on a two-year, $25 million a year contract. So this is where we disagree a little bit. Just kind of go on. Just, just right. go on. Drew Brees, two years, $25 million. I get the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints and, and all the folks in New Orleans. They love, love, love Drew Brees. And I get that they do. But Drew Brees is not getting any younger. Drew Brees is you know, getting paid a, a boatload of money. I think Drew Brees finishes this year, and I think Drew Brees is trade bait at the end of the year. I think Drew Brees is going to be traded somewhere else in the NFL, and he will play ball 
for one last season somewhere else in the NFL. Um, kind of the same way that, that Joe Montana, for, a while, for he got traded when Steve Young got moved up. And, and Joe Montana got moved to the Kansas City Chiefs. You're going to see Drew Brees go to another team who's going to play ball somewhere else in his final year of that $25 million contract. Here's where I'm at with it. Um, I, <coughs> your opinion on this isn't, isn't far-fetched. It's not. It definitely could happen. So beginning of last season, I, I strongly talked about how the New England Patriots should trade Tom Brady and let Jimmy G take over that team. Um, it's, it's, it's not a bad move. I mean, yeah, you're, you're giving up your Hall of Fame quarterback, but as a uh, owner, as a GM, you're planning for the future. But I'm, I'm going to, in this case, with uh, Drew Brees and now Bridgewater, I'm going to go the same route of what ended up happening with, with, with the New England Patriots. I don't think they have the balls to do it. Mm. I, I mean, it's a hard move to make. You have to admit that. Like, to, to pull that trigger, there's been a lot of thought put in that. You're, you're, you're trading a first ballot Hall of Fame player. And a lot of teams have, a lot of GMs have a hard time doing that as it, it comes with a lot of scrutiny from both from both fans and, and above. Oh, yeah. Um, so to do that, you get to, you get to be sure you're making the right move. So uh, a lot of GMs tend to shy away from making that that blockbuster move. And, I, and in this case, I'm, I'm going to stand by that. They're not going to do that. They're going to let Drew Brees play out his contract and see what happens. And I'm going to correct myself here. So Bridgewater, he didn't sign for $15 million, he signed for $5 million. Sorry, I, I misread that. But he signs for five million. He he does, you know, it's one million guaranteed. It's a low ball contract for a guy who's a first rounder, for a guy who who has been a starter in this league. I think is still a viable starter in this league. I think the Saints are willing to take a, a big risk. You know, Sean Payton's not an idiot. The guy's not a moron. He he wouldn't be a moron. He's not a moron. He wouldn't be a coach in this league if he was a moron. Okay, but the Bridgewater's only twenty six years old. A lot of tread on the tires. Sean Payton sees something he likes. He's going after it. I think you're going to see not only did not only are you going to see Teddy Bridgewater play as a backup this year. He's on a one-year deal. You're going to see Bridgewater get signed to a long-term five, six-year deal with the Saints. He's going to get signed to an extension. Well, that that's guaranteed. They they gave up a third-round pick for him. Um, no matter what happens to Breeze, even if Breeze stays through next season, they're going to sign Bridgewater to a long-term contract. You don't give up a a third-round pick. Just to have the guy walk out the door. Now, and, and the other big question I have is, what does this mean for the Minnesota Vikings? Now, you're, I you're overthinking. This. No, I'm not overthinking this because here's here's the kicker. Okay, in spite of the fact that that they have a new offensive coordinator, I get that they do. The Mike Zimmer, you know, he's going to carry things over from the Pat Shermer system, and and Teddy Bridgewater as a former Minnesota Viking, I think we can both agree that in the NFC. Right now, all roads lead through either L.A. or they lead through where? Minnesota. And guess what? The, the Saints just lost a heartbreaker to the Minnesota Vikings on that 7-heaven Minneapolis miracle play. Now, Teddy Bridgewater, he knows the Zimmer system. This could be helpful to the New Orleans Saints, and I think it will be. I, I believe firmly that this is a strategic move by the Saints, I think this is a strategic move by by um, their their management. I think it's a strategic move by by Sean Payton. I think this is just a smart smart move all around. It's going to keep the Saints in the hunt. I think it's going to keep them um, basically hanging around with long term quarterback. I mean, I, I love this move for the Saints, and and I'm not even a Saints fan, and I love this move for the Saints. It's smart. It makes sense. 
Brilliant move. So Teddy Bridgewater is now a saint. Huge news, and I think that I also stand by this is a smart move. Um, they're honestly thinking that Bridgewater will be the future of this franchise. I just uh, think he's going to lead this team for two seasons versus one. Right, and and I mean to me, if you're smart, you're a general manager. You're using that quarterback as trade bait. You're using Drew Brees as trade bait. And you're getting something good for him. You're investing in your future at that point. So are you saying that um, Bill Belichick was not smart? I don't think Bill Belichick. I, I don't think it was a Bill Belichick move. The rumor was that that uh, well, Bill Belichick wanted wanted, wanted to trade Brady. There, there was rumors of that. Well, there was rumors Kraft of that, but that. yeah, I guess Tom Brady marched into to Robert Kraft's office and said, "Hey, either Garoppolo's gone or I'm retiring." You know, and, and Kraft said, "Well, we better let Garoppolo go." So, I mean, big difference there between the the uh, between the the Breeze issue and the the uh, um, Teddy Bridgewater issue there. Now, moving forward, um, Doug Peterson, speaking of quarterbacks, Doug Peterson um, says he has seen enough of uh, both quarterbacks, Nick Foles and uh, Carson Wentz. And well, has Wentz played yet? Uh, no, no. So, wait, wait, so the statement is he's seen enough in Nick Foles. What do you think that means? I think Nick Foles has played very poorly in the preseason. He definitely has. And, and I think Doug Peterson... Um, with the Eagles there. He knows that um, Nick Foles is not going to be the starter of that team. I think he's just biting well, his that was, that was never a question. But what I what I think is I think that the Eagles are starting to think they maybe made a mistake in not trading Nick Foles. I don't know that they did that they made a mistake. I don't know that they think that they, they did make a mistake. I mean, Nick Foles, he played crappy in the preseason. We get it. Um... Carson Wentz is easily the better quarterback. I think we can both agree on that. One big thing about Carson Wentz, though, is he's coming off of a huge, huge injury. Foles did win a Super Bowl. Kudos to him. I think a lot of it had to do with uh, the offense. Who knows if Foles is going to play differently in the, the regular season? I mean, we've seen that before. Um, we watched, I mean, shoot, we watched the Lions go 4-0 in the preseason and then show up in the season and, and go 1-16. So, I mean, we watched that happen. Um, to me, I mean... I don't think it's a mistake, but at the same time, I think Doug Peterson's mind is made up. He understands Carson Wentz as the starting quarterback for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles football team, and that's what it's going to be. And see, I, I just don't think that was, that was ever a question. And well, despite Nick Foles, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to back. I'm going to Nick Foles. I'm going to bring this up as a as a topic. We're talking about uh, quarterback contracts going up and up and up. I honestly thought Eagles going out and winning a Super Bowl to back up quarterback. Might have sent a message to teams and hey, the Eagles went and won a Super Bowl without their star starting quarterback. Maybe we don't need to spend as much money on our quarterbacks, but this offseason has completely proved that wrong. So, um, so that's uh, that's a dead topic. But I, I did think uh, back to quarterback winning the MVP of the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl would have an effect on how teams would view their quarterbacks. Well, let's let's face this here, and and I, I'm just going to throw this out here. So, Nick Foles, his contract. Um, first of all, they, they retooled it so it gives him a, a $2 million signing bonus. Um, they, they, they fixed that. Nick Foles makes $13 million this year as a backup quarterback. It's not, it's not even the most the backup can make. Right well, well, I don't know. I mean, $13 million in one year as a backup quarterback, that's a hell of a lot of money for a backup quarterback. Yes, it is. I mean, let, let's face that fact. So did it really send that message? I don't really know that it did. 
And then if you look at, at his 2019 salary, I mean, they have a potential buyout. But guess what that buyout is? That buyout is $17 million. So you got to buy out of this guy's contract at $17 million. Or if you let if you keep him around, he's set to make $20 million next year as a backup quarterback. Um, is it a mistake to tr not trade Nick Foles? I mean, for that price tag? Yeah, I think so. Should you have given a, him a $2 million bonus? No, I don't think you should have. I mean, the guy played ball, maybe, you know, whatever. Keep him around, keep him on his current deal. I don't see the point in giving him that $2 million contract, especially when he's crap in the bed in the preseason the way he is. But maybe that's just me. Nick Foles, uh, he'll be the backup in, in Philly. Um, and I think they're going to they're gonna see him not play as well as he did uh, last season. I think it was a fluky season. Um, good for him on having a, a, a fluky couple of games there. But, uh, I mean, now I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know. I'm not buying it. Now, speaking of contracts. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, OBJ. He signs the record five-year, $95 million contract. Holy smokes, Tyler. What do you got for me, man? Talking about record deals, um, this is one where uh, a certain someone named Julio Jones is, going, mm -hmm. is, is probably... Julio Jones is smiling right now. He's got to be thrilled. Well, he might be thrilled and he might not be. No, there's no reason he's not thrilled because he knows he's going to get at least that much. I, I think I think if if you're Julio, you're you're going. I want at least that much. Um, whether or not people are going to throw at least that much at him is, I mean, up for debate. No, in my opinion, Julio, Julio Jones is a better receiver than Odell Beckham. I agree. Um, Julio Jones will get at least that. If it's not from Falcons, one of their thirty-one teams will. Oh yeah, he's going to get big dollars. Um, so the Odell Beckham contract, I mean. It shakes out pretty well for him. Um, it's front loaded, so you're, so you're looking at it, he's going to get 1.4 uh, in his in his last year of his his initial contract, and then his new contract starts next year. Starts at 16 million, then goes to 14, and then he goes to 14.5, and then he goes to 13.75, 13.75. Um, each year has a four million dollar signing bonus spread out there, so he will get the uh, guaranteed 40 million dollars. Um, $20 million signing bonus. I mean, this is a, a great contract for OBJ. Um, the highest paid receiver in the NFL right now. Uh, and, and the big question therein becomes, what does Julio Jones get? I think Julio Jones winds up with over $100 million on his deal. I think he winds up getting paid more um, moving forward. I think they're going to try to get him just over that, so he'll end up having an average of like 19.5, maybe like 19.1. Yep, his average salary for OBJ is $18 million. Um, I think you're, you're actually going to be talking in the 20 range. I think you're going to be talking about $21, 22000000 million for Julio Jones. I don't think gonna, they're going to they're gonna jump that much on I it. Mean, I think they're going to try to just uh, just barely pick back just over, over a little bit. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a bold direction to say Julio gets his contract in the Falcons, but it's going to be just under $20 million. Now, um... How good is this? How good of a signing is this for the Giants? I mean, having having OBJ around as, as your guy. I think it's important with them. No matter how you feel on Beckham as a person, he is a very, very, very good receiver. And uh, Eli Manning's about to be done. He's, he's getting very close to be to being to retiring. And uh, Beckham is going to be an important piece for the new quarterback to uh, find his place in the team, and he's going to have a weapon that he can trust. 
And a little food for thought um, regarding the Julio Jones situation. Moving into next year, the Atlanta Falcons will have $16 million in available team cap space. It's not enough to sign uh, uh, Julio Jones. We, it means that we could see Julio running off to another team. I think the Odell Beckham signing, it was a must-have. Uh, you, you had to bring the guy in. New York Giants, they, they needed that, that valuable receiver for Eli or whichever quarterback is coming in the future. Um, Eli is aging. We know he's aging. Um, we've seen that our, our arm um, starting to deteriorate little by little. Uh, he's 37 years old. Um, I mean, realistically, this needed to happen. Um, I, I think it's a good combination with the uh, Saquon Bar Barkley move in the draft. You're going to see an explosive New York Giants offense, possibly, um, as long as both these guys come to play. And um, now, speaking of, uh, of uh, guys coming to play, one guy that might not play <laughs> this upcoming season, Michael Kendricks. Um, just got busted for insider training or, or trading. I, I, they, they're saying he's, if he's convicted, he'll serve eight to twelve years. Or yeah, I'm sorry, eight to twelve months in jail if he's convicted of, of insider training. Um, what I saw was he could serve up to twenty five years in jail. Well, I mean, realistically, I, I, this is the first time this has ever happened. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna stick him in jail for a life a lifetime sentence, but. Eight to twelve months if convicted of insider trading, um, according, according to a legal analyst who spoke with uh, Cody Benjamin of CBS Sports. Um, I mean, really, he and, and they're saying it's likely. I mean, and that that's kind of a big deal. It's a huge hit for the uh, the Cleveland Browns losing that caliber of player, that caliber of linebacker, especially when you just got done signing him to a huge, huge contract. Um, and and really, I mean, let's let's talk about this a little bit. If you're an NFL player, a linebacker, a receiver, whoever, and you're making buku dollars, what in the hell do you do you really make by by getting 1.2 million dollars in profit? I mean, really, you're, you're making more than that. What are you what are you what are you doing? Yeah, what do you need that amount for? You're, you're making you're making your life in football. This is this is stupid to me. This is Bonehead thing to do. Yeah, it's it's really stupid. I mean, he's he's making double that amount right now. He he makes he makes freaking two point two five a year. Why why do you need to do that? You know why do you it, need pointless? Yeah, it, it's the most stupid thing the guy could do. He's going to sacrifice a year of his of his uh, 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 of his football career for what? For $1.2 million that you didn't need? This guy's 27 years old. He's about to enter his prime. What a dumb, dumb move. Um, and, and they're saying it's pretty likely that he's going to be convicted. Um, he, he, he was given uh, non-public information about a business merger in 2014 from a television writer um, who was with Goldman Sachs at the time. So, I mean, he unreal. I don't, I don't even know what to really say. This is such a dumb thing to do. He, 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 he's almost thrown his life away here. Right, and and so so Michael Kendricks will probably be a felon by the end of this. Now, how big of a hit is it for the Cleveland Browns? 
Well, obviously, they're probably going to release him. I think that's pretty obvious at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so, they just gave the big contract. I, mean, I don't know. I, I, as far as the hit, if you're not looking at the money aspect, I, I think the Browns will survive. They have an offense that, I mean, sorry, I'm sorry. They have a defense that's growing. Um, I, I think as a whole, they won't see a major hit when it comes to the defense, but they, they, they have to be taking some hit by, by, a, by the potential release of him. I think they do see a hit. Realistically, I, you... Okay, you got Christian Kirksey. Okay, he's he's not bad. You got Miles Garrett, not bad, right? You got the great Miles Garrett at, at your end there. Mm -hmm. But linebacker wise, their their middle linebacker is Joe Schobert. You got Jamie Collins. You don't really have any major star power there. Well, Jamie Collins is really good. He's okay. I mean, you, but is he is he as as good as as Michael Kendricks? I I don't think so. On par, I'd say. I don't think he's as good as Michael Kendricks. I think Michael Kendricks is, is way better. Kendricks is just coming off of a Super Bowl. He was a huge part of that that uh, Eagles defense. Uh, this this is going to be a, a much larger hit than than I think you're giving credit for. Um, and, and it could be, but I, I think even before that signing, the Browns defense was was looking really good. I'll, I'll stand by that. Yeah, I. I but but my but um. Well, Michael Kendricks is going to put the defense over the top and, and be in a conversation to be a very good defense for now, but that, that's going to be a bit, that will be a loss for them. Right, and and as of right now, the Cleveland Browns have actually removed Michael Kendricks from their depth chart. Um, so, I mean, that's this thing could get ugly quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah. Um, ah, God, what? We'll see where this one goes. And, we'll, and, we'll and actually, actually, coming in now, the Browns have officially cut Michael Kendricks. The Browns, oh, yep. there we go. Just came in 25 minutes ago. The Browns have officially cut Michael Kendricks. Um, not a surprise. Not, not a, no surprise at all. We we expected this, and, and I, we were just talking about this be, before we went on the air. I, wow. I, and, and it's not a surprise. They lose a great linebacker in this situation. They don't want to associate themselves with it. I think they realize they're going to lose money on it if they if they uh, don't dump them. Um Smart move by Cleveland from a financial aspect, but man, this is just a a, a sad day for Michael Kendricks. I mean, it's just a dumb, dumb move. I, I wish he would have used his head on this one. Just a dumb move. And, and that's what we all really say about it. It's just this, this was just really dumb. Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. you're throwing your life away, and, and you're you're making great money as linebacker. There's no purpose. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's senseless. I don't understand it. You're you're making double the amount of money. Dumb move by Michael Kendricks. Kudos to the Cleveland Browns for getting rid of him uh, that quickly. I mean, just came out though. Michael Kendricks has been uh, has been released, um, and uh, he actually is basically straight up admitting to it at this point. Linebacker says he deeply regrets his actions. Um, there's no there, you, there's no hiding from it at this point. Yep, the, it's, it's there. He must know it's 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 there. There's nothing about it. I expect him to put it on this one. Honestly. Right, Michael Kendricks. He, he's actually um, uh, he's actually issued a statement, uh, and the Michael Kendricks public statement uh, says, and I quote: "I would like to apologize. Four years ago, I participated in insider trading, and I deeply regret it. I invested money with a former friend of mine who I thought I could trust, and who I greatly admired. His background as a Harvard graduate and an employee of Goldman Sachs gave me a false sense of confidence." To this point, I had worked my tail off since I was five years old to become a football player. I was drawn in by the allure of being more than just a football player. 
Well, I didn't fully understand all of the details of the illegal trades, I knew it was wrong, and I wholeheartedly regret my actions. Since the beginning of the investigation, I have fully cooperated with the authorities, and I'll continue to do so. I, full, I accept full responsibility for my actions. Although I did not take any of the profits for myself, I am committed to repaying all of the funds that I gained illegally and accept the consequences of my actions. I sincerely apologize to my coaches, the owners, and my teammates on the Eagles and Browns and the NFL. So, yep. So Michael Kendricks has issued a statement after being released by the Cleveland Browns um, as of August 29th. So uh, that is today. So I mean, crazy, crazy day in the NFL. A lot of big stories, and and um, I'm sure next week will be even more as we go into uh, the cuts. The cuts. And which is yeah. A, next week is cut week. Next week is cut week, and that's why when we come back from our break, we have a a very special main event. It's another Tyler's Top 10, and that's going to be Tyler's Top 10 on the bubble players. Oh, Players that could be cut, could not be cut, just kind of players that, um, that it's kind of kind of shocking players that could that could be cut, and they'll be out, out there, and could they get picked up, could they not, and, and uh, where things will go. And uh, with that, we'll take a break, and uh, we'll be back for with our main event. Which is called Tyler's Top 10. Don't do that. It's great. You love it. Tyler's Top 10. Tyler's Top 10. That's how you do it, Tyler. One, 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 one. Tyler's Top 10, when we get back from break. This oh. is The Outside Blitz. Ships in the making Bound for a distant shore World for the taking Your mark and leave it hanging there. Be the first to turn around. Take the leap to land on higher ground. Take to land on higher Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Tob. Don't do it, Tyler. Don't do it. Don't do it. No, no, no. Don't do it. Don't you dare. Bad Tyler. Bad Tyler. Ah, don't do it. Welcome back to Tob. And uh, I hate you. Um, 
So uh, I am very here with the very tenacious Tyler Dean. I think I've used that one before. I'm not sure. You're duplicating. Am I duplicating? Uh, I'm, the very ticklish Tyler Dean. How about that? And uh, <laughs> and uh, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, our main event. Tyler, are you ready? Are I'm you always ready? Are you fired up, baby? Because don't mean that means. It's almost bedtime. It's oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Tyler Tyler's an old man these days. He's younger than I am, but he's like an old man. He he has this dinner of applesauce and medicine, and then neither and actually are true. Yeah, that's that's very true. He has a, he has a little bit of, of overcooked French bread pizza every now and then, and then uh, but mostly it's applesauce and medicine. Well, it's mostly just the early <laughs> Oh God! And then he falls asleep. And and at like nine ten o'clock at night, I mean it's ridiculous. This guy's younger than I am and can't stay up nearly as late as I can. It's obnoxious. So, um, but Tyler, it's that time. It is time for Tyler's top ten. I really hope Jordan forgets that he uses this. I hope he doesn't. <laughs> Jordan, I really does. Don't put it in there. Jordan, just, just, yes. Just piss him off. No, no. I, I mean, if if you do it, I'm gonna start playing it again, and you're just gonna get angry at me. <laughs> so, um, so it's time for uh, Tyler's top ten, and we're gonna go right into uh, Tyler. Your top ten today. What is it, Bubba? I, I already mentioned it before the break. <coughs> your short term memory loss being old. I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, see, that's a real old guy problem here. You know, well, you're over here like I just need to go to bed early. Mm -hmm. Eight hours. Oh, gosh. Come on now. We're going to do Tyler's top ten on the bubble players. These are players that are in the news as, as could be cut, could not be cut. And so we'll, and we'll kind of talk about how we each feel and if they're going to make the team, if they won't make the team, and what will happen. And sometimes a lot of these players, they, they get cut not only – it's not always because they're not the best player on the roster. Sometimes they view a player who's just a little bit – Less talented than them, but making significant less money, so they end up making the team just this for, for roster saves. I'm I'm gonna cut Tyler just cause. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so uh, Tyler, hit me with that number ten shot. Number ten is the uh, I'm gonna call him Barry Veteran at this point. Yeah, Brandon Marshall. Brandon, oh man, Brandon Marshall, he's still around. He's been around a long time. Yeah, it's currently for those who don't know. Uh, He's on the Seattle Seahawks currently, mm -hmm. and uh, he's a guy. And he's he's fighting for a roster spot. And granted, they don't have a lot of depth at receiver uh, with his age, and uh, he's someone that he's, he sort of slowed down. So they're they're talking about him as being someone that could be cut. And, and uh, I believe if he is cut, this is his last two rounds. Yeah, I, I think this is it for Brandon Marshall, 35, uh, 34 years old. Guys, uh, he's making just over just north of a million. Um, Brandon Marshall has been in so many different teams over the years. He's been with the Bears, and then he, and he's been with the Broncos, and he's been with the Jets, and he's I mean, now he's with the Seahawks. I mean, he was with the Giants. He, I mean, it, he he's been with so many teams um, over the course of the last few years. He was with Miami. I mean, nobody nobody seems to want to retain this guy, um, and and it's a lot of it has to do with his attitude. My my hope is that at 34 years old, he's a lot more mature. But uh, Brandon Marshall, I mean, he's he's been declining the last few years. hasn't been putting up the numbers that that they're looking for. He's a, a what I believe a 13-year veteran in this league now. Um, really, 
having him on the team is beneficial to the Seahawks. They could use that type of receiver. Um, and then at the same time, I mean, for the price, he's, he's not bad. But is he living up to the hype? Uh, that's the question. I, I think, you know, a lot of teams look at a guy like Brandon Marshall and they see a guy that set the bar really high for a few years. So they still expect him to play at that level. And, and now that he's older and he can't, they're, they're getting a little upset and let down. So that, I think that might have a lot to do with it if Brandon Marshall does get cut at the end of the day. So the, the big story, and this came out about six hours ago, is uh, when it comes to keeping Brandon Marshall, it'll, it'll come down to keeping Marshall or keeping five running backs. Uh, and, and real, I mean, let's be real here. I mean, I know it's a run-first offense here in Seattle, but am I going to keep five running backs? I mean, the only way you do is when you, when you don't have a confident runner and the Seahawks happen to not. So, I mean, it's, it's possible. It is possible. I think they're going to – they're going to um, – I think they're going to stick with Marshall. I don't think you're going to carry five running backs going into the season. I mean, Brashad Penny was was the guy that that uh, everybody was talking about um, as but the. But not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. But that that's the guy that everybody was talking about as as the potential starter. Chris Carson seems to be uh, taking over that spot with Rashad Penny being uh, questionable. Mike Davis, C.J. Procise. I think you're going to see. Um, I, really, I mean, Chris Carson could take that that starting spot. Um, if anything, you could see ProSize go, I think. Uh, Mike Davis is the better uh, a change of pace back over there than ProSize. Um, so are they going to carry five running backs? I, I think that's crazy talk. I think you're going to see one, maybe even two of those running backs get, get cut, and you're going to see Brandon Marshall sticking around. The, the uh, big thing here is just saying it's going to be ProSize or Marshall. I, I, yeah, I, I think ProSize is going bye-bye. And I think you're going to see Marshall sticking around. It's, it, I mean, based off this, you're talking this or that, then yeah, I'd say Brandon Marshall sticks, sticks, sticks in the team. But I'm, I'm, I'm here to miss just because I, I don't think any of the runners are very confident. So I think we need to keep some depth just, just, just trying to see what happens. I... <coughs> the, other, the other thing we got to think about here is, is, is the fact that Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett are still on that team. And they did make the signing of Jerron Brown in the offseason. Well, Baldwin and Lockett are the one two. Yeah, and, and, and so... Lockett just got a new deal. He did. So you're looking at Jerron Brown, you're looking at, at Brandon Marshall. So, uh, I mean, do you think... I mean, I, I think he's in direct competition with Jerron Brown. I, do you th well, let's put it this way. Do you think Jerron Brown is better than Brandon Marshall? What, what, what I'm looking at here is they're saying... I'll get, I'll get to that in a second. They have Marshall. If he makes the team, he will be the number six in the depth chart. Man. And that's, they have him under David Moore and Amar Darbo as well. Yeah, yeah. He, well, actually, I'm, I'm looking at the updated one. He, he, is, he has moved above Darbo, but um, the... Uh, I don't know. I don't know that, that I, I buy him as a number six receiver, but, but I think he's a better receiver than Jerron Brown. I think he sticks around. I think you're going to see ProSize or, or whoever that fifth back is because nobody seems to have him listed. Um, I, whoever that fifth back is, I think, goes out the door. But Brandon Marshall's probably going to be sticking around in Seattle, especially for the price. I think it's a very good price for him. I think they're going to cut him. Really? Yeah, I, I, I do. I, he's, had, he's had himself a, a rough go, and I think that's going to continue here. Man. Going number nine, we're gonna go over to Baltimore, and that's Kenneth Dixon. Yeah. Kenneth Dixon's a guy who Baltimore uh, 
viewed as being the, uh, the future of the running back position for them for a while. And uh, Kenneth Dixon has been plagued by mostly injuries. Yep, lots and lots. And then injuries, and then once he comes back from injuries, like, oh, Kenneth Dixon is going to be the guy. <coughs> out of nowhere, someone else happens to go and blow up and, and basically pull the carpet from under him and kind of goes to the starter. Right. Started with Justin Forsett, came out of nowhere. Then came, uh, shoot, what's his name? Uh, last last year. Uh, was Isaiah Crowell? No, the other guy used to be in Cleveland. Uh, can't think of his name. Terrence West. Terrence West, there you go. Terrence West came in and kind of took his job. But Terrence West's job also got took from him, and who the new star of that team is Alex Collins. Yes. So Kenneth Dixon has had a bad run of injuries and bad luck to kind of hit him, and now he's now he's kind of fighting for his job here. Um, this is a case where I believe um, that he's going to make the team. I think he's played pretty well in preseason. I think they're going to hold on to three running backs, and it'll be uh, Kenneth Dixon, it'll be Alex Collins, and it'll be, uh, shit, what's his name? Uh, oh, his name's escaping me. Javoris Allen? Yes, yes. Javoris Allen. Yeah. Allen's going to be number two, and uh, I think Dixon will, will stay out as number three running back. Yeah, right now it is It is looking like uh, it's going to be Collins, Allen, and Dixon. I don't think, and it, it's it's kind of funny that we're seeing this, this little bit at, I don't. The Baltimore Ravens have have been notorious for only carrying two quarterbacks um, for years and years and years, and you're going to see three quarterbacks become the norm for them. Um, and, but, but I think this year for sure. I, I think definitely you're going to see RG three stay on the in the on the team. But you also they're also going to run with the three running back system. I don't think they're going to deviate from from uh, from that. That's a norm for for Baltimore. Yep. And I think you're going to see that stick around. They're going to have and, the three running backs. And none of the other running backs have really stepped up and showed they can be a three guy. So I think Nixon hangs on that three spot, and, the, and that's going to be the one. You'll see uh, Alice Collins be the main guy with Allen and Dixon kind of split. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Kenneth Dixon sticks around, but I, I can see where he's on the, on the block there. I mean, he, he only put up 382 yards, um, you know, this uh, well, in 2016. Um, and and he really he's got a he's his contract he is not real pricey six hundred and thirty k so he's not making a ton of money. If I'm not mistaken, he's in the last year of that contract. No, uh, second to last year. Okay, second to last year. Second to last year, he makes six hundred thirty k this year, seven hundred twenty k next year. Um, so I mean, he's on the last year of the contract. It's it's he only has a ninety five thousand signing bonus, so he's not making a ton of money. He's twenty four years old. I, you got to see whether or not he can turn it up in the next two years. I think if Alex or if Kenneth Dixon really doesn't do anything in the next two years, and then he hits free agency, you're going to see him get signed somewhere. And if he gets the opportunity, he's going to blow up. He's going to kind of be like Alfred Morris is, where he could blow up somewhere. I that's un, that's unfair to Alfred. Alfred <laughs> you're talking about a guy who got unfairly cut from Washington after having back to back 1,400 seasons. Well, I think you're going to Alfred see Alfred Morris got a very unfair cut. I, I think you're going to see Kenneth Dixon kind of in a similar situation as Alfred Morris. He's going to go somewhere. He's going to blow up. Um, and he's gonna he he might be the next Alfred Morris where he's kind of getting raw deals over and over and over again. But Kenneth Dixon could be a, a special uh, running back at at a certain point in time. So I, I believe in in a guy like him. I think he's gonna be something special. I, I've always liked Kenneth Dixon. He, he's he's gotten <coughs> the run of bad luck. So so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kenneth Dixon. But he's he's a, he's a good back, and I I, I hope he stays in Baltimore. Yep, and he's still young. He's 24 years old. He's only been in the league for three years. Yep. He's, he's got a lot of tread left on the tires. And for a guy that's in the fourth round, I mean, for a fourth rounder, 
I mean, I think he can perform at a high level still. So I hope that he does for his sake anyway. I, and, and for your sake if, in Baltimore there, if he, if he blows up in Baltimore, it would be kind of nice for you, Tyler. So, I mean, I, I, I like this guy, and I, I think he's going to stick around with Baltimore for the next year or two here. But that's the whole – and I, I, I'm saying by that, I believe he makes the team. Number eight, veteran Sam Shields. Ooh. The idea of him being on the, on the chopping block still kind of surprises me. It's almost unheard of. But the thing is, is he's been cut from many a team's last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird to see that he's been floating around so often, and here we are again. But he is on a team that that can set that, that has plenty of depth pretty much everywhere. Yep. So it, it's not it, on one end. It's surprising to see that he's on a chopping block, but in LA, it's almost not surprising because. They have a roster. Yeah, the Rams have one of the most potent defenses in the game right now, I think. Um, and, they, and they run that 3-4, which, which he's very um, familiar with. This is a, a familiar defense for him. Um, you, the thing about, about the corner situation over there, you got five corners that, that all of them are really good. You got Marcus Peters, you got Aqib Tlaib, you got Nickel Roby Coleman, and then you got Sam Shields. I, Am I wrong? And you got Did Troy not Hill. Get rid of no, I keep believe is still around, bud. Okay. I'm yeah, I keep believe just recently got signed. Um, oh, you're right. I'm thinking someone else. Yeah, I keep believe he he left Denver, you know, but that he is still around. Um, but you you have a very very good secondary over there in LA. Strong secondary. Very strong secondary. Very strong defense in general. Um. This is going to be an exciting defense. It, it, I think Shields makes the team because I, I do feel that he is better than Troy Hill. And and for, if you look at their their team right now, they, they only have five corners. Um, most teams carry about six. They only have five. I think Sam Shield makes the team, especially with his contract being only north of a million. I think this is just it's a no-brainer. You keep Sam Shields around, he'll be your number four corner. I think he's just as good as as um, and and I think he's just as good, maybe a little bit. Oh, I take that back. He, he's just under Nickel Roby Coleman. I think Roby Coleman is something special, and he's going to be something special for a long time. But Sam Shields is a, is a damn good corner still, even at his age. I think Sam Shields can be a good utility guy. He can uh, come in and kind of relieve some guys, whether it be corner or safety for that matter. Right, and he's only thirty years old still. At this yeah, point. I believe he just turned thirty. Um, and uh, actually, yeah, he was born um, August, December eighth. Oh, no, I got, I got De- yeah. December nineteen eighty seven. So I mean, he's thirty Yeah, he's he's got a, a lot of um, a lot of tread on the tires. I mean, the guy's been around for a while. He knows this stuff. Um, he's in only in his eighth season. Uh, really, at around this age, guys start to slow down at the corner position. But you could see Sam Shields move out to to that safety position as well. And I I think that's what we kind of expect from a guy like Sam Shields. I expect him to wind up being moved to safety at some point in time. Um, you know, and, and the Rams, I mean, let's say Sam Shields comes out and produce. Sam Shields could sign a new contract with the Rams, and it might not be a very big deal because Sam Shields hasn't had a, a monster contract in quite some time. So I think the Rams could very well get a steal on Sam Shields at the end of the season. And, I, and I, I'm going to also um, stand by that I believe that Sam Shields will make this team. Yes, I, I think he makes this team. Um, I think he makes that secondary stronger, gives him that depth. It's a good thing. Going to number six, or uh, number seven, is going to be the, the 
I'm going to start with the uh, first of two busts. Oh, boy. Kevin White. Ouch. The Bears. Ouch. He's had a rough go, and most of which has been not his fault. He's had the injury bug for two seasons. Since his rookie year, it's yeah, been rough. 2015 year, he gets hurt right away, I believe, even before preseason. Yeah, he got he tore his ACL almost immediately. And then he was out for all that year, and then, and then he came back in 2016. He had, a, he had a couple of games, and then he went back down. Yep. And so here he is in year three, when it's kind of like his rookie year, kind of a fight for his life. Yeah, Kevin... Um, oh God, Kevin White. Um, the guy's talented. That's the thing that gets me about it. Um, super talented. Uh, he's actually in his, his fourth season here. Um, fourth. Fourth. He's, still, he's drafted in 2015. Uh, fourth season here. He, he's set to make $2 million. Um, the Bears, obviously, for obvious reasons, aren't going to be picking up his fifth-year option. But Kevin White is a talented receiver. If he wasn't hurt all the time, this guy would be making just a huge impact. And um, because of the injury bugs, the, the Bears really haven't been giving him a true opportunity. Um, and and I uh, I fully agree with them not picking up his fifth year option because you have such a small sample size from the guy and his fifth year option is worth thirteen million dollars. Now if he were to take less money, and and I'm the Chicago Bears, I would say yeah sure we'll pick you up. They've paid him a lot of money. <laughs> yep, yeah, well, a lot. Of, well, I won't say a lot of money. I mean they they they've paid him a, about an average of uh, three million a year. So I mean three million a year. I mean to not do anything. I mean it kind of sucks, but at the same time, I, I mean you're not. You know, not going crazy about it. Um, two million this year. He gets a two million dollar signing bonus. Uh, realistically, they're going to be paying him. Well, it's two point five uh, for both. So I mean, you're you're talking about six million dollars this year. Five million dollars um, for him to play. Five million two hundred seventy dollars for him to play. Uh, five million two hundred seventy thousand dollars. Sorry. Um, so, <sighs> Kevin White. I think he makes the team this year, um, just to play out his contract. I think the Bears are, are going to, just so they have the depth there, I think they're hoping for big things from him. What if he explodes? At least the Bears will have first dibs on him. I mean, you, you picked him up in the first round. You're hoping he's going to blow up. I, I You know, when he was coming out, I was hoping the Vikings would pick him up, and they they didn't. But, you know, they, they wound up making out better. But uh, Kevin White, I mean, this... Keeping him around on the roster, I think, would be worthwhile in Chicago. I think so, too. Give him, give him one last chance to come out and, and play a full season and show he can be the guy that they want him to be. I think he makes the team just barely, but this will be the last hoorah for him if he can't get it going. Yeah, and, and you look at their receivers here. you got Taylor Gabriel. Obviously, he's going to um, be a monster. And I, I think... You know, right now Kevin White is in the in a brawl with Anthony Miller for a roster spot at this point in time, so uh, that doesn't surprise me. I think you're also talking uh, Allen Robinson is, has just shown up, so they they don't they well they they've gotten some names like Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel. They haven't gotten you know a, a second monster name. I don't I think Allen Robinson is a huge name, but then Taylor Gabriel is kind of like a mid range guy. I think Kevin White makes this team. Um, is he on the block? Sure, for especially for the money for five million dollars a year. Yeah, I think you're you're talking about possibly dumping him, but um, you better find something that's worthwhile to pick up um, for your team here. So I, I think he makes the Bears team. Going on, also receiver from the same draft, 
another guy that's being considered a, a heavy bust, and that's going to Baltimore and Rashad Perriman. Oof. Rashad Perriman has had a, uh, I mean, so his first year, he was also hurt. He had a hamstring injury that kept him out for most of the year. Mm-hmm. But then after that, his issue has been butterfingers. Yep. Can't hold onto a ball. Yep, he can't hold up. The guy's a speedster. Oh, guy's very, very quick. He's got, he's got, um, he's very fast. Uh, he's, he, there, I mean, Baltimore has basically decided they're not picking up his fifth year option, and I wouldn't either at $9 million. Um, guy makes, uh, uh, he's going to be making about almost $3 million this year. I mean, he could, he could turn it up. He, he's definitely not his dad, I'm going to say that. Um, 24 years old, he's got a lot of, uh, a lot of tread on the tires. I mean, he's got a lot of a lot of time. I'm I'm hoping that uh, for Baltimore's sake, I'm hoping that he shows up. But uh, you know, they I think the the selection of John Brown in the offseason, guys like that, the speedsters. I mean, Perriman's not a real big guy. I think they picked up John Brown with the hopes that he's going to pick up the slack of of uh, Perriman. And, and and that's where I'm at um, now. If Perriman and White were flip-flop teams, mm-hmm. I would be saying that White was getting cut. Because of the depth here, yep. I think Perriman's days are done. I agree. I, I think Perriman's... Because Chris Mortar fight for a four-spot. They even have Chris Mortar to the boat. Well, yeah. You've you got, you got John Brown. you got Willie Sneed. you got Michael Crabtree. you got more of listed above Perriman. And I would list him above Perriman, too, with all the injuries that he's had. But, you know, it, it really depends on whether or not Perriman can show up I think Tim White has better Wow, wow, that's that's a nutsy call. Um, but but I think I think Brashad Perriman. I, I think he makes the team narrowly. Um, I think you're going to see Lasley and Posey get cut, but I, I I think he narrowly makes this football team. Going to the top five. This is a running back I've always kind of liked. I mean, I'm kind of sad to see him on this list here. That Shane Green. Shane Vereen. I, I like Shane Vereen. I still like Shane Vereen. But um, he's in a very crowded running back system over in the Saints. He is. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, uh, Terrence West, and then he got Shane Vereen. Now, the one thing Shane Vereen has going for him, you know, here's the, here's the problem. Uh, Alvin Kamara, you're going to have the, the number one, number two battle there I, between Kamara and Ingram. And you got Terrence West over there. Um, who I think is going to be just fine. But um, if Ingram, let's say Kamara doesn't come back um, playing like a number one back, and let's say Ingram comes back and plays like a good back, like a number one back, Kamara immediately takes kind of that Reggie Bush role um, and that change of pace back, and it kind of takes away Shane Vereen. I think if, if the New, I think the New Orleans Saints are kind of looking at this suspension of Mark Ingram as, hey, let's see what Alvin Kamara can do. If Kamara comes out and plays ball as a number one guy, then what the hell do we need Mark Ingram for? And Mark Ingram yeah, basically yeah. Yeah, and, and so it's they kind of they got a lucky break because they don't have to address the uncomfortable situation with with Mark Ingram. I mean and, and Mark Ingram is in a contract here. So I mean let's say Kamara comes out and plays. You can deal Mark Ingram as a as a um, as an owner or a general manager. You can deal him for draft picks. You can deal him for pieces that you need to make your team better. This is not a bad thing. 
It's similar to the situation with Drew Brees. Guys in a goes into a contract year, you dump them. That's kind of how I'm looking at this. And and if I'm a general manager and and I mean for a guy making five million dollars a year, I mean realistically he's making six point two four five. I mean if I'm looking at that, I'm saying that that. I can dump Mark Ingram. I can save six million, almost seven million dollars in cap space. If I can save six and a half, I will, and I'll dump Mark Ingram and make Kamara my number one, and keep Shane Vereen as as my uh, uh, change of pace guy. The issue with Shane Vereen, though, as always, and it always has been this way, as much as everybody loves him, injuries. Can he stay healthy? Can Shane Vereen be the healthy guy? Uh, for once in his career, because he hasn't always been healthy, and we know he had an injury bug when he was in New England. So that's that's a big question. I think Brady gets cut, mm. unfortunately. And here's the reason why. So Ingram's obviously going to be part of his team for all of this year. And with your theory, um, what's the golden number with running backs? Three zero. Yep. Once you turn 30, you're basically on, your, on, the, on the backhand. Mm-hmm. And Saints have, have a chance to... To assign in your long term, and if Kamara and have two outstanding running backs in their early twenties, by the time that it's time to look at Ingram's contract, Vereen will be just turning thirty. Yep. So I, I I think Vereen gets cut now, and they and they rock the two back system for as long as they can. And that could be a thing. Um, and and the the one guy that uh, uh, I think survived for the longest in that change of pace role. Um, that I, I really like a lot is uh, that I can kind of compare him to Shane Vereen is, is Mike Tolbert. Uh, Mike Tolbert survived a long time. He, he's right now he's a free agent, but at the time, 31 years old, he survived uh, quite a while. He, he, if I'm not mistaken, he survived behind uh, the, uh, the in the team that started the two back system really and really started using it heavily in, in Carolina. Mm-hmm. Being uh, that was uh, Jonathan Stewart and um, shoot. Uh, D'Angelo Williams. Right. So, I mean, he... Tolbert stood there mostly because he's a bigger guy and he kind of filled that fullback role. He, yeah, he's, he filled in well there. He filled in well in San Diego. I mean, Tolbert, he was around for a while. He played for Buffalo for a little while. So, I mean, a, a guy like Shane Vereen, I think, can stick around. Like I said, he's got to stay healthy. And Shane Vereen has shown that he can play as a number one back as well. He's shown that he can do that, but he hasn't shown... He, that he can stay healthy. He's shown that he's been injury prone, so we got to see uh, what he's capable of this year. Number four, Amir Abdullah. Ooh, that's What's interesting. What's going to happen with Amir Abdullah? And that's a big question. I know for a while they're looking to trade him, but with no bites and we're getting closer to cut days, is, is he a guy that gets cut? I don't think he gets cut. Um, we're in a contract year. The guy's not making that much money. Um, I, I, he's, he's only making, he's making just north of a mill. Um, did you hope you could get something for Amir Abdullah? Sure. I think you were, but you know, I, I think with LeGarrette Blunt, Carrion Johnson, Theo Riddick, Amir Abdullah, I think you're going to keep all four of those backs. I think Amir Abdullah for the price is too good to just let go. He's played real, and he's been fighting for his life in the preseason. He had a really good preseason. He really did. He showed his worth. Um, I think you keep Amir Abdullah around. I, I th- is he as good as Theo? I think him and Theo Riddick are kind of battling. I think everybody understands that Theo Riddick is a, is a change of pace back. I, I don't think that's a question. Amir Abdullah is more of a running out of the backfield guy. The guy had a little bit of a um, 
uh, a fumble bug there, and I, I think that it's it's. I, I don't know that it's completely resolved itself, but I don't think it's as bad as it was. I think Amir Abdullah makes this team, and I think they keep him. I don't think you cut a, a player of that caliber. See where I'm at with it. I believe that the Lions will have four running backs. Yep. And Amir Abdullah will not be one of them. Really? Here, here's the four that I got them keeping. Obviously, one staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, Theo Riddick will be there. Carry on Johnson, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the fourth will be Zach Zender. Really? I believe Zach Zender will continue to, to make his team. He's, he's been a good back for them. Um, obviously, not, not quite as good as Abdullah, but they got Zender for cheaper. And I, I, I think they're going to go that route and Abdullah will see the door. Wow, I mean that's and that's powerful. I think Zenner's been a good running back for them, but Zach Zenner. Let, let's face facts. Zach Zenner is not a number one back. Zach Zenner came in for for the Lions. He had a, uh, I mean, it, it, has he had a great career? Has he had anything that that's truly noteworthy? And I don't think he has. I, I think you know he. He came in in 2015, he had 60 yards. Came in in 2016, he had 334. The sample size is too small. Uh, Zach Zenner, I, I think he's just kind of, eh. I think you see him walk out the door and have a nice day. And, and that very well could be possible. I, I, I think Lions are close to being done with the Amir and, and in actuality, um, if, you're, if you're thinking of any running back that could knock Amir Abdullah out of the game and, and knock him out of, of the roster, I'd be thinking Dwayne Washington. I think he's a harder runner than, than him. Even though he's a seventh rounder, I think he's a better runner than, than Zach Zenner. Um, to me, I think Dwayne Washington could. But I, I think Amir Abdullah makes his team. Number three, Byron Maxwell. Ooh, that's a good one. Corner for Seattle, I think this is a guy that could be cut or could be in danger because Seattle knows that the uh, the, the youth of their defense have finally caught up to them and they're going to rebuilding phase. And I think Byron Maxwell is going to be someone who's going to be cut in the process because of their rebuilding. Yep. Um, 30 years old. Uh, I mean, he's got a hip injury. Uh, one year left on his current deal. Um, they, they really don't lose much if they cut him. I mean, if... He he's not he's not gonna gonna hurt them at all, really. If if they they cut him, um, I like Byron Maxwell. I, I think he's a damn good player. Um, but I mean he's he's only making two million dollars this year. I, I think you dump him. You're only gonna. I think you cut him as well. Yeah, I think you dump him. Uh, you, you're it's only a, a two million dollar cap hit to to just let the guy walk. He's got eight years in the league. He's got a hip injury. See you later. Um, this is a to me. It's a no brainer. It's, it's you let him go and have a nice day. Is he a, is he a number one corner? I don't think so. He will get picked up though. He'll get picked up. Is he a number? But I I think I don't think he even gets picked up this year. I think he gets. I let, think so. I think I think he gets picked up and he'll be he'll serve, serve in the same capacity <coughs> that Sam Fields will be serving. Well, nobody. My thing about it is at age thirty, nobody wants a thirty year old dinged up. Uh, uh, corner with a, a bum hip. I mean, that, let's just face facts. I mean, do if I'm a general manager, am I going to go pick up Byron Maxwell? I don't know about all that. Uh, he's, the guy's got a bum hip for $2 million. Eh, I think maybe next year, given the fact that he'd be a year older, eh, to hell with it. 
I mean, he's he's a good backup corner at this point. Is he in the same capacity as Sam Shields? Yeah, I think so at that point. But right now, I don't know about this. Uh, $2 million, bum hip, guys hurt. No, no, I'm going to let him walk. I'm going to wait till next year. I'm going to let him get himself right, and then I'm going to go pick him up as a free agent. But I, like you said, I don't think he makes the Seattle Seahawks team. I, I don't think he makes it either. No, I, I think the Seahawks are going to... They, they don't have a lot to lose in this situation either. $2 million is not a big cap hit for them. For sure. Going to the top two, Jason McCourty. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I believe Jason McCourty is on this list for an obvious reason. He's getting older. Yep. But I think in this case, being for the Patriots, I believe he makes this team. I believe he's going to be a nice present for that, for that defense. and it's a, it's, a, it's a present that the defense will need. He's going to help the defense to go to the next level. I, I think Jason McCourty makes this team. Wow. Um, <clears throat> I am going to strongly disagree with you there, and, and here's why. Um, so the Cleveland Browns, they have a strong um, they have a, a strong group of corners here. Um, Denzel Ward, EJ Gaines, uh, Body Calhoun, Demarius Randall. So, does Jason McCourty make the team? Um, you know he's a, a Patriot now, right? Oh, he's a Patriot now. I'm sorry. Jay oh, the McCourty brothers. That's right. I'm sorry. They just reunited them. My fault. I'm, I'm going out of my mind here. What? Yeah, I know, right? Call me a dumbass. Um, I, well, think I mean, I did think Calvin Benjamin was on. <laughs> yeah, you did. So, you, you got me on that one. Uh, the McCourty brothers. Let me let me rephrase that. Um, I think he's gone anyway. I don't think he's played up to snuff. With uh, uh, according to his statistics, he hasn't played up to snuff. Um, Devin McCourty has. Jason McCourty has not. Um, the Jason McCourty contract. Uh, I mean, two years, six million dollars. It's a lot of money to be spending on a corner that's not performing. He's supposed to be making three million dollars this year. 31 years old, you are right, he is aging, um, but I don't think he's as good as Devin. Uh, I don't think he, I mean, I think Eric Rowe is the better corner there. I think that's that's easily said, Eric Rowe is the better corner. Um, he could beat out Deron Harmon. I think if he, if, he, if he does make the team, I think right now he's probably battling with Deron Harmon at this point in time. I agree. Um, but... I don't. I don't necessarily buy it. I don't. I don't buy him making this team, especially for the price tag. I think he's out the door. Fair enough. And number one, and that's the uh, that's going to go under wide receiver. And that's two-time Super Bowl winner Torrey Smith. Ooh, I, I think he's out the door. I mean, he he's now, he's now on the Panthers. Yep. Um, to me, Panthers have. Nobody at receiver would. I think Troy Smith makes this team because they don't have any. Well, well, they do and they don't. Um, the the Panthers have they've made it work with the guys that they've had for the last several years. Um, yes. I think Tory Smith, for the amount of money that they're they're paying him, I I don't like 
I mean, and, and that's what it comes down to is, is just money, 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 money. Yes, if, if money's out of the equation, Troy Smith makes this team. He's, right. He's, to, he, to me, he's their number one. He's better, he's better than Funches. Five million dollars for, for Torrey Smith. I mean, has he produced? I don't feel Torrey Smith has produced five million dollars worth of, of uh, um, uh, yardage. I mean, let, let's take a look. He's with the 49ers, 267 yards. He's with the Eagles, 430 yards. He had three touchdowns in 2016. He had two touchdowns in 2017. Does that sound like a $5 million receiver to you? No, absolutely not. And I think a lot of this had to do with the John Brown contract because John Brown got signed to a ridiculous contract after not producing last season. Um, he produced the season before, though. But Torrey Smith is not worth $5 million at this point. Kudos to him. You won a Super Bowl, great. You kind of rode the coattails of Alshon Jeffrey. Let's just face that fact. Torrey Smith is not the kind of receiver that's worth five mil. I think he sees his way out the door. Um, I mean, he he had a he had a bad preseason. Um, he hasn't played good ball. I think he's out the door. I think he's done. He was a hot mess last season. He's going to be a hot mess this season. Um, I don't like him, and and I think he's gone. I think he makes the team, and this for one reason only. He's, he's still a fairly good receiver, and I think uh, Carolina is in a is in a mess of the most competitive division in football, and they're going to they're going to keep Troy Smith to do their best to try to keep up. Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, that's a that's a big maybe. I I think that's kind of that's kind of nutsy um, to say. I, I think they want to keep up. I I don't know. Devin Funches is easily their number one. They, but they, they did just draft D.J. Moore. They've got Jarius Wright on the team, right? Right. So, I mean, Jarius Wright, is is, is he going to set the world on fire? Probably not. I think they're expecting more out of D.J. Moore than anybody else. Um, I don't think you take when, – when you take a number one draft pick and, and D.J. Moore, right now they got him listed at number four. I take a guy in number, like first round like that, I expect him to play day one. And maybe that's just me, you know, if, if I'm a general manager, though, I'm looking at DJ Moore and I'm saying, you're playing day one. Yeah, I don't, I don't no, care. That, that's fair. Yeah, and, and so right now, you know, depth chart right now says Devin Funches, Torrey Smith, and then Jarius Wright and DJ Moore. They got DJ Moore listed fourth. To me, to hell with that. DJ Moore is my number two. Devin Funches is my number one. And then that's just how it is. So I, I think you're looking at, at uh, Torrey Smith getting cut. I think they have a lot of faith in D.J. Moore. Otherwise, they wouldn't have drafted him. I believe in D.J. Moore. I think he takes that position. And that's fair. That's, that's very well. And, and that's, that's, probably, that's, the, that's what the future holds. Right? I, I think, I think uh, Torrey Smith makes this team when you have the one, two, three punches of Smith, punches, and, and, and Moore. Mm-hmm. And so is that that's the top ten, right? That's it. That's the top ten. And uh, hey, Tyler. Are you excited? I'm never excited, but I know it's coming. It's that time, Tyler. It's that time. Raytown's forgotten five. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you for a second here. What's that? And uh, I think we can both agree and and that that this one in particular was probably of, of every one that 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 we've done. This is the hardest. This this has been the hardest uh, uh, top ten forgotten five. It's, it's been a fun one though. It, it, yeah, it's just so much. You, there's so many players you could have picked. Like honestly, through my ten and your five, 
It was tough. We probably could. We probably could have done our twenty and a ten. Yeah, it it was tough. Um, there were a lot of guys that that. Um, I, uh, there's a lot of guys that that uh, they could have been cut. There there were a lot of money ones. That that was the big the big thing is money, and that was the most that was the primary thing I was looking at when I was doing this was money. Um, how how much are they are they worth the the dollars? You know. Um, so, going into number five of my Forgotten Five, you got Paxton Lynch. Um, I think this guy's out the door. He, he's a big mouth. He's underperformed. Um, he said that he was the best quarterback the Broncos currently have. Um, how true that is, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I mean, it's not saying a whole lot. It's not saying a whole lot because Case Keenum has definitely underperformed at this at this point in time. But, La- but with the money, no matter how bad he's performed, Case Keenum will start at least half the year. Absolutely. So we're we're looking at Paxton Lynch right now. He's on the third year, of, the third year of a four year deal. Um, makes one point three this year, one point seven next year. Um, I I don't know. I I I don't. By Paxton Lynch right now, uh, the fans are just fed up with him. Um, they they basically said he's an underperformer. Here's the thing about Paxton Lynch: he really hasn't had much of an opportunity. I mean, has he? Yeah, really, he, he played in 2016, 497 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. He had a 79.2 rating, which actually isn't that bad. Um, 2017, 295 yards, two touchdowns, three picks. He had a 72 rating. Um, his overall career rating is a 76.7. Really not that bad of a rating for a guy who has had a very, very small sample size. Um, he was a former first-rounder from 2016. He was the 26th overall pick. I believe that Paxton Lynch gets cut from this team. Oh, I, I stand by 100%. I believe Paxton Lynch gets cut. And I think he gets cut, and I think it's based on his mouth. And and really, the, the Broncos don't have a whole lot to lose in this situation. Uh, $4 million in dead cap. That sucks, but the Broncos have the cap space available. I mean, I think you cut Paxton Lynch and you walk away and you just say to hell with him, and, and he's going to wind up being a, a valuable backup somewhere else. I would use the word valuable. I'm going to say valuable because I feel like Paxton Lynch is still a valuable quarterback. I think they build around him. A team will build around him as a backup quarterback. I think they're going to create. Uh, they're going to create a backup quarterback that that is very valuable in this league, kind of like a Matt Schaub. Um, He's going to be a good backup, like a Nick Foles, a Matt Schaub. I, I, I think people underestimate him. Is he the best quarterback that they have on that team? I, I don't think so. I think Case Keenum's better. Chad yeah, Kelly's better. Yep, and, but I don't, I don't think that um, Paxton Lynch is by any means a bad quarterback. Um, so I, I will say Paxton Lynch will get cut, but he'll get picked up somewhere else. Um, moving on to number four, Mike Gillisley. The uh, ever. The never-ending revolving door of New England running backs. Yes, um, and it's not going to stop. Mike Mike Gillisley will be cut as they have the uh, perfect replacement for him in Jeremy Hill. Yeah, well, and, and I don't know that. I'm not going to sit here and say he's the perfect replacement for Gillisley. I think I think Jeremy Hill uh, far surpasses um, just about any um, uh, running back you've got. On the New England Patriots at this point in time, I you that's not even a question. I don't think. Um, really, you got Rex Burkhead over there. 
I, I think he, he's uh, uh, going to be just fine. You do have Sony Michael over there who got picked up in the first round, which I thought was a huge reach for, for uh, New England. Um, we can't forget that James White is over there. Jeremy Hill, I think he takes the starting position. But, uh, yeah, I think Gillislee is going to be seeing his way out the door. I think Jeremy Hill takes the starting role. And uh, we call it from there. But they're talking about Jeremy Hill being like third in the depth chart. Yeah, which is crazy to me because Jeremy Hill actually had a very good, a very good career going over in in Cincinnati. So it doesn't make much sense to me um, to have a guy like James White and Rex Burkhead or even Sony Michael over Jeremy Hill. Um, but I, I believe over time you're going to see Jeremy Hill take the starting position. Gillisley out the door. Have a nice day. Um, yeah, I, I stand by Gillis to get the cut. There's a, there's a few different backs over there. Um, um, Sony Michael is another one. If he's going to make the team, he's going to be someone that's going to be first place. I, I think it's just too crowded, and uh, the Mike Gillis leaves here and ends. The only way Gillis Lee actually survives to me in, in New England, and, and it's because of his size, I think he could be a fullback. If they were to, and, and New England generally doesn't carry a fullback. I don't know if you've noticed that. They, they don't carry one. To me, if, if he were to become a fullback, great. But I, I don't I don't believe he survives um, this this little run of running backs here. Um, I agree. Yeah. Number three, Jamar Taylor. Jamar Taylor, cornerback for the Browns. Um, they got too many good corners over there. Yeah, and we were just talking about this when you. Yeah, when I when I when I completely slipped up, it was my fault. Sorry. Too many good corners. Um, but but. But you were, you've already done the uh, backstory there. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the, the same reasoning for why you thought Jason McCourty was in the Browns <laughs> yep. can be used on, on Jamar Taylor. Yeah, I was I was looking at my own sheet. I, I realized that's what screwed me up. But Jamar Taylor, um, I, they got too many good corners. They they've got a potential buyout. Well, actually, Jamar Taylor, I'm I'm gonna correct myself here. Jesus Christ, Jamar Taylor just got traded. Um, he got traded to Arizona. I'm having a rough day at the office here. He just got traded to Arizona. Uh. Uh, yep. Just got traded. I just looked it up, and he just got traded. Um, uh, guys, just, just so you know, uh, the outside blitz is looking for a new co-host. Oh, shut um, your face. I'm having a rough day. I will take applications. It's a rough day um, at the office. You tech. shut up. I'm having uh, a rough day at the office. He did get traded. <laughs> yeah, what a dick. What a dick. Jamar Taylor got traded. Um, so, even then... I don't think Jamar Taylor makes the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Arizona Cardinals have plenty of depth in their backfield. I think that they probably will cut him at the end of the year. I don't think Jamar Taylor's worth that amount of money. Either. Or by the by the beginning of the season, rather. Jeez. I'm not. I, it's a rough day at the office, Tyler. You cut. I'm, cut me a break here. Cut no. me a break, Tyler. And he's no. not. He's not. He's not. Um, He's not even listed on their depth chart as, as a, a high guy at all. Um, obviously, Patrick Peterson is the guy over there. I don't think – I think he's more of a depth guy than anything else. I don't think he makes the team. Um, too many good corners. Peterson, Williams, Young, Ben Wakir, I, I call it a day. He's not even listed on their depth chart. Um, I think Jamar Taylor uh, – yeah, yeah, right. Am with I right? Your luck, right? With with my luck, he's got like five different. He's got five different trades going on. He is a cardinal, um, but yeah, I, I I don't think Jamar Taylor makes that team. They got too many good corners in Arizona. 
Um, and they had too many good quarters in Cleveland anyway. I think Jamar Taylor's gone. I agree. Um, going to number two, Robert Turbin. Robert mm -hmm. Turbin. This is an interesting one. He is interesting. Um, so, Robert Turbin, um, 28 years old, $1 million. Uh, he's got he's on in a contract year. Guy's a good change of pace back. We know this, right? Yep. Okay. You're, you're, you're talking about guys that have, that have survived. You're talking about Tolbert earlier. Turbin Tur has been one of those guys. Yeah, Turbin has has survived the the uh, onslaught in Indianapolis. Um, you got Christine Michael over there competing for a job. That's one thing that I, I believe uh, will play into this whole thing. Um, Turbin's did he did he prove that he could be a number one back? I don't think he did. No, absolutely not. I don't think he did. Um, he, he came in as a number one at one point, but I think I think you got Marlon Mack, you got Josh Ferguson over there. Mack is obviously going to be the starter in spite of um, being listed as questionable right now. And they actually have Tur Turbin uh, listed as number two back right now. So they, they got him listed as number two, I but I don't, think, I don't think he survives. I don't think he survives. I think they've got him listed as number two just based on, on his utility stuff. But I, I think there's other guys out there. I think Christine Michael winds up taking over um, that position uh, for Robert Turbin. Christine Michael has shown that he can be a number two back. He can you know, show he can be a change of pace back. I don't think Robert Turbin makes his team. I think he's gone. Um, especially, I mean... The only way I, that I, I think they'll keep him around is he's making just north of a mill. I mean, that's the only reason Robert Turbin sticks around here. And, I, well, and, and the dollars you get to, but full package, I think Turbin hangs on. Right. Now, last but not least, um, this is a guy that's been in the news quite a bit. Uh, Reuben Foster. Make sure you double or triple. <laughs> Reuben Foster. Tyler. What team is he on? He's with the 49ers. Are you sure? I'm positive. Are you sure? I'm positive. Are you sure? I'm positive. Okay, go on. You need to calm down. <laughs> you need to calm down. Hey, look, you've had your rough days at the office, my friend. You said that, that Kelvin Benjamin was, was, you know, playing for God knows who. I mean, you cut me a break here. Now, Reuben Foster, 24 years old. I think Reuben Foster is a great, great linebacker. Um, but we've got a lot of off-field issues, a lot of domestic uh, abuse. He's suspended for two games for violating the league substance abuse policy. Um, he just signed a four-year deal last year in June. Do you keep the guy around? I don't think you do. Yes. Really? He stays in this team. Yes, he has a suspension, but he's young. He's got youth on his side. He's a, to me, he's a, he's, a, he's a very good linebacker. No, here's, here's the kicker about the Ruben Foster contract. If you do cut him, you're only losing six and a half. So, I mean, with everything that's going on in San Francisco, if you can get away with cutting a guy like that, who's going to keep getting suspended, who's going to keep finding himself in domestic abuse issues, um, do you let him walk? I say no. At six and a half. I think they need to, they need to build that defense. It's the same, it's the same reason why Bengals don't cut Montez Burfitt. Eh, I mean, I guess. I mean, Vontae's perfect. Is he's just a jerk on the field, so you know. I mean, he he doesn't, you know, beat up on his girlfriend and stuff like that. 
I mean, I, well, I, th I think you can cut him. I mean, can cut anybody. Well, I mean, I think you can, can cut him. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can cut him. Uh, Ruben Foster also, you know, he's he's got a little bit of an injury bug. Um, he just did suffer a concussion four days ago. And yeah, he does get injury bug. He has a suspension, but the, the suspension kind of helps him get all of that injury. Yeah, I so guess. In a way, it kind of helps uh, cancel that out a little bit. Yeah, I guess. I, um, maybe, I think he makes it. Maybe. Um, uh, will Will he make the team? Probably. I think he can cut him. I think if I'm the Niners, I'm looking at it going, oh, I don't know if this guy's worth it. But. Um, if he does make the team, which he probably will, knowing the Niners, um, they'll have a good linebacker on their hands. They just got to make sure they can keep him out of the uh, out of the doghouse as far as uh, off the field struggles. So um, with that, Tyler, that's my forgotten five. Um, I mean, that means bedtime. It's a rough day. It was a rough <laughs> day at the office today, Tyler. Yeah. I mean, everything was good right up until the end. There, and I had I, a good day. I feel like I got sleepy, kind of like you. Rub it off. I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old like you these days. Shit. I mean, you are just way old. I am. I mean, you are north of 30, so you're on the back end. I am. I'm on the back end of the career. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm really upset about that Jamar Taylor trade. I'm not going to lie. Are you upset about the trade or the fact that you forgot about that it? I, that I forgot about it. I'm mad at myself. I'm mad at myself for forgetting for a trade that happened back in May. Well, I mean, you, you get older, you, your memory starts to go. So yeah, I guess. It, it happened back in May, for God's sake. Like, I I remember, I think I remember talking about this on one of our episodes about him getting traded. Well, you know, you suck. And we, we do have openings for... What a dick. What a dick. We, we, will, we will be interviewed. Well, I will be interviewed. I'll try to pull Dylan and Josh in to, be, to help me interview. Jesus. But uh, before long, Sky Dylan Greytown will not be on the show. But really? Come on now. This is my show, motherfucker. Our show. <laughs> Anyhow, folks, my apologies for my mistake. Um, but yeah, I will be sorry. I'm, I'm going to be a gentleman here, and I'm just going to say I'm sorry for my mistake. But anyway, uh, special thanks to Jordan J. Scavone. For uh, his wonderful, wonderful children's books and all the hard work he does, our executive producer. Um, those... Jordan, don't put a music in there. Just, do it. <laughs> just don't. Just, <laughs> just put the music in, Jordan. Special thanks to Jordan Scavone for uh, for being a tremendous executive producer. Um, check out his books, The Mud Princess. And My Tea. Be My Tea, baby. Yes, check that out. Um, great books. Kids love them. Um, I would highly recommend them. Um, the man's the next Dr. Seuss. I'm going to go that far. I am. He's fantastic. Um, special thanks to our uh, our um, sponsor. It's your time massage. It is your time. Oh, <laughs> Tyler. Whoa. Tyler sneezes like a girl. But um, with that, folks, thank you for listening. Um, hope you had a wonderful time. And... Uh, we will see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Oh, yeah.